my content creation is we just go and we finish when we finish. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, I'm telling you, man, like my whole like structure stuff is talk. We're going to talk about. And then after, cause we're right now we're under uh, not a redevelopment of the website, but we're reorganizing it. So it's going to be pushed towards YouTube and pushed towards the affiliate links as we're building up the business on the backside. And that's really just it. But the conversations, if it needs to be said, say it. There's no better time than now. Yeah, I agree. So I just got a cam link, like the one that lets you hook up your like regular camera straight into your computer. So because I've been trying to, oh, yeah. to switch to using like the um, our nice camera so I can kind of sit like back here. Like that's why I have the studio set up. But it's pulling in like a live feed from the camera. So you can see like all of the stuff on the background, you know what I mean? As well as even like the, the blue tint when the, when the camera comes into focus. So now, now I'm like, oh, yeah. ah, I got to figure out how to clear all of that stuff. So I'm just seeing like a pure feed, like when you're filming through. So I may reach out to get a little advice from you if that's okay. Yeah. By all means, it's definitely a process. I mean, if I was to looking back, if I was to say, oh, okay, here's how you do it. Here's what you need to get done. The evolutionary process is not to be skipped. There's a reason why millions yeah. of years have gone by before, you know, we became who we are from microorganisms and all that kind of stuff. So if it just happened like that, we'd be in, sh- you know, helter skelter shock. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it makes you appreciate the process even more. And that's something that we can, as we jump in can talk about, yeah. but yeah, I mean, like I started, did all the production of our podcast, the first like 15 episodes. And I think it's healthy to like, that's how I got started in website design. I hate doing it, but it makes you appreciate the process and make sure that you don't get um, yeah. duped by somebody that's doing it for you. So I think that's, right. that's important to understand the process and take your time evolving it. Well, the one thing that we focus on a lot, and so my wife, Michelle, uh, she also has the same, obviously, collegiate, but college background as far as in study than I do in the medical world. So she understands really intimately words, how things come together. Uh, if we need to like move an area of, of the podcast, so it makes a little bit more of a transitional sense and it makes it easy to digest for the audience to listen. She does all that stuff. And you can't really replace that. No. So when you have something like that, it's really, really cool. And no. so she does even to this day. Um, so our process would be, we'll get all of the signals so that's audio, all the cameras. Yep. I'll condense them down so I can get a 4K image, <laughs> which is typically like a 40 gigabyte file. Oh yeah, for sure. Off off of the drive. And we'll then condense that down to like one to maybe two gigs, upload it, send that off. They put it all together. And then Michelle does all the work and all the magic from there. So she'll then start chopping up the video, add the header add you know the footer as far as like the long video the short yep. deep dives all the content writing uh, all that kind of stuff and it, she does an excellent job at it excellent job at it and but she has that understanding of that background so the stuff where we don't need that internal process of understanding the the medical uh, space as, as it is we just say just do this yeah if we need someone to design frames and promo stuff I'm, I'm always looking, I'm like, Hey, can you design three new frames today? Just so it's always different Yep. because people get bored. I think, Oh, well, I've seen that one before. Ah, whatever. Okay. No, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm always, yeah. I'm always looking for different frames at the same time. Yep. So as we keep going, I just saw one the other day. It was 
so incredibly just stupid simple, but it just had an impact. And it was just on a laptop. And then where they had their branding, where they had the time bar, how they did their titling. I was like, wow, that's really cool. I like that. You don't want to be a copier. So uh, so I said, let me take that idea. What else can we do with it? And we started playing with it. And then all of a sudden we came up with what we came up with. And the, the cool thing was on another one before that was I saw one that was really, really nice with uh, Riley Cote. We just had him on the show with Body Check Wellness. Amazing uh, conversation with that guy. Uh, he was one of the enforcers for the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. One of the fighters, one of the brawlers. And I saw one of his videos and he had the up close here in the main square. And then on the bottom, he had the wide view angle of all the people who are participating in the podcast. I was like, that's really cool and interesting. So I said, what can I do there to change that up? So we added, we kept that, we added the icon for the podcast, some uh, other glyphics around. And then we added, if we were going to be sponsored for that show, or we wanted to redirect someone to the affiliate site, that's what we did. And yeah. it works. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool stuff. So when we start sending out like media kits and things like that to folks, like, hey, this is what we have. What would you like to do? How would you like to set it up? Go from there. And I think that that's important, kind of all everything that you're talking about and we were talking about a second ago is really the evolution of what that looks like. I think, I think one big thing, and it, it's true for me, it's like if you go all the way back to even the beginning when... Kelly and I sat down and we're like, we need to start content development. We need to start thought leadership. I want to approach it at a different way. I don't want to grow our agency, our reach through a bunch of paid advertising. I don't think that that resonates really well with physicians anyways, because probably them, outside of maybe attorneys, they get inundated with that stuff more Mm -hmm. than anyone. So it's like, but they trust other physicians and they trust thought leaders because they're learners, they're educators, they're teachers. But um, I think that getting started, A, it sounds stupid, but is the most important. I think a lot of people are just arrested from ever even coming out of the gate and starting a podcast or starting to do video and realizing like where you are now, where we are now, like, and I've got, and I think you would agree, such a long way to go when you look at like the people crushing it out there. But you got, you got to start somewhere. Here's the gig though, right? So the more, the thing that held me back and what I got anxious about and overwhelmed and all those different emotions that people go through when they're trying to start up, I don't know if I can do this or what am I going to talk about? Blah, 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 all that stuff, right? Just start talking. Yep. Literally like Sean Cannell on YouTube has it the best. And, and what I wanted to do, cause we weren't making money. So like, but I'm just, I'm like, Hmm. And, and, and you get in this like mental just yeah. fog and state like, Oh, I need $10,000 or $3,000 for this. And now all of a sudden you start seeing the bills add up and, and that's what scares people. If you just pay attention to how someone else is doing what they're doing and you just, just start there, yep. all yep. that stuff goes away and pretty quickly. It's, it's yeah. really kind of yeah. like an ebb and flow of, uh, of the ocean coming in. So I saw a couple of things that were going on and I said, huh, I wonder if I could do that said, why couldn't I do that? So many hats, <laughs> editing, promos, uh, all that kind of stuff, content development. But when it comes down to it, looking back, it's this right here, Justin, yeah. right? So yeah. this content, and then you base it on the end result of what you have. Just go out there, start doing it. And then, oh, you need to put together a, a marketing campaign uh, on a slow, quick little slide deck on Instagram. Okay, based on what you just talked about. You need to put out an ins- uh, Facebook posts for promos based on what you just finished with. Yep. And that's all I did. I said, 
okay, let's, what do we, what's our result? And the result was always great because there was always new, vibrant inflammation. And then we just started breaking it down from there. And then when I realized that I didn't have the ability, the time, or any really more the patience for it, because it was like so many things to do. And it comes down to what uh, Sean had talked about is content development. Like, what do you want to talk about? Which then threw me to another topic was when we first started this whole thing, it was healthcare focus, healthcare focus. I had no idea where this is, where it brought me and where it's going to bring me. Yep. I have no clue. And that's the cool part. And I think that it's, again, it, it is an evolution and it's about really never being satisfied in terms of learning and improving on it. Because even like you and I talked last week and you brought some stuff to the table that I hadn't really considered that's kind of led me into even that new network that you just joined shift and mm-hmm. you expanded my mind like immediately that ended up ha- I ended up having another conversation the next day similarly on the ads front like podcasting is new to us we launched in November of 2019 so a good 3 months before covid hit so like mm-hmm. even our data is all based on like podcast list- podcast listenership during covid which was like here and then here and now it's like here, so it's like all over the board. And yeah, yeah. but like having that conversation with you, because I've spent now a year and a half kind of fine-tuning our process and how we do the post-production stuff, how we're distributing it, how we're creating audiograms. So now that most of that stuff is far along, there's areas that I can want to continue to improve on. Now it's really focused on kind of listenership, um, quality guests, creating a lot of value through the podcast. Mm-hmm. adding proper call to actions to, to getting people through the door. Mm-hmm. But um, you ex- like opened it up into like the whole cross promotion ecosystem. And then that led me into like a, a rabbit hole of advertising and like placing ads and others. And so I just signed up for Spotify ads to start playing around with that platform. It's just interesting if you're just willing to kind of continue to mm-hmm. learn and improve. That's how most of the people that like you're just referring to really got there. Is exploring yeah. and talking to people like yourself that are doing things well and and different than you are and 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 kind of pulling ideas together. Yeah. Well, the one thing too that to kind of piggyback on what you're saying there is when someone's selling a model or a framework, right? That doesn't work in my mind. That doesn't work. It may get you to a certain point at this, but it's the creativity portion of it. Your willingness to do what others are not willing to do. That's yep. what's the most important takeaway. So. When I talk to other people, I'm like, what are you willing to do? Well, no, well, with this, how we do it. I'm like, well, how do you know that works all the time? How do you know it's not going to change? Where are the bumps in the road? You know, and so I'll start going on a, with some mind tangent of questions. Yeah. And, and then they're, they're in a frenzy. Then they're like, what do you mean? Now I'm starting to blow up their scheme, not on purpose, but I have curious. I don't want to waste my time, energy, and just my, just my creative, like, allure to the whole thing. Right. Yeah. So I'm yep. like, no, I'm like, okay. So I don't know how many people I've actually picked up the, the phone with. I'm like, hey, how do you do? What do you do? How would you do this? How would you move forward? And then eventually I'm like, man, where? no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely not. And it always comes back down to, actually, I do want to pick up on one thing that you said. What do you talk about? Yeah. How, what about this? And what was really, really cool. I always, so you know uh, Dr. Brent Lacey, and you also know Dr. Oh, yeah. Brian Dorick, right? Yep. So we're all friends here. And I refer to those guys in almost, every, I would say maybe every three to four episodes, one of them has a reference because what they told me was re- that impactful, just about the medical communities and doctors and the problem. Well, 
and I'm getting away from that word, but really the, the problem that people see, but the challenge that I identified is that how do you get people to not revere doctors? And that's tough because we're both in the healthcare environment yeah. here talking yeah. about this, right? And when you do the homework and you've gone through and you segmented it all out, and this is what I've noticed in our podcast, this is what I've noticed at large across the business, and the, because it really is a business, is that these doctors are, are specialists. And if you are in a dire need of something, you need to go down, let's say you needed uh, GI stuff with, with Dr. Dork, right? Like he's going to be the guy who's going to help you the best. But these doctors often are not talking to each other. So with me, I'm like, well, why aren't they talking together? They should be talking. Yeah, for sure. They're wasting my time. I'm the patient consumer. What's going on? So then I learned from that in the podcast is where else could we go? Why am I frustrated? Where is that frustration coming from? What else did I learn? And then all these other topics started coming in. So we started talking about it. And then we just had a guy in the show the other day, and this is going to sound outrageous. And then I didn't. And then once you learned about it, I did the name for it, I, w- I always talk about this one word, but I always forget it. Urine therapy. <laughs> so <laughs> people are drinking their pee. Oh, and I'm like, <laughs> but when you, when you do the homework and there's another couple of really strong connections I have on LinkedIn that are physicians in other parts of the world, one particularly India, he's like, Scott, of course, you can buy aged urine and any drug corner store anywhere in India. Oh boy. Yeah. And sounds I'm, like, I'm, so I'm like sitting here going to me. <laughs> right. And it's in the, but over here it's considered taboo or it's an evacuative process of that your body does naturally. You're not supposed to do that. But when you listen to the research and the data on it, for example, it's like, well, you have stem cells, you have hormones, you have stuff that can be reused. And a lot of it is centered on skin conditions, for example. Right. But, and that's just one example we had. Uh, so a lot of folks will probably remember this guy, uh, Sean Baker. Uh, he was on the Joe Rogan episode, uh, 1050. And he's probably one, one of the most well-educated. We, we uh, recorded him last evening, uh, was most well-educated doctors I've ever spoken with. And the topic point wasn't about the carnivore diet. It was about the synthetic meat market that's coming up. So I did a bunch of yeah. Q&A on that one. I didn't, do, yeah. there is no homework on that one. Yeah. And, this was sure. like, and I was like, wait a minute. Of course, they're not going to release anything. They haven't dispatched the product to the masses yet. Yep. They're about to. So of course, they're going to try to hold that in. But there's no long-term data or study. So I had a Sean. And so I said, hey, who are you? How'd you start? Blah, blah, all the simple stuff, right? We had a great conversation going back and forth. And then he's picking up that conversation and he's going into the carnivore diet, the benefits, the illness, the disease, how it's justified, the data that's being squashed, other studies that are being thousand cherry pick studies you can pick that not support it. And then we go, we rolled into, I'm drawing a blank there, it's a synthetic meat market. I'm drawing a blank because it doesn't really exist, it shouldn't exist. Uh, but then you and I both know, well, actually, I'm going to ask you a question. What's the number one growth area in hospitals right now for monetary revenue? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. I know this answer, but I'm gonna I want to challenge you to see if you know it. Cause they'll probably spawn something else for you. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, I can I've got a couple different potential interventional uh, imaging. Really? Yeah. Number one growth area for revenue production in a hospital. And then second is the operating room. And it's been that way for a few years now. And then when you look at what's going on, so let me ask you another question. What's the number one area of concern around 
our wellness and lifestyles as human beings. I mean, I would say it, it probably revolves around diet, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's correlate the two. Now, we didn't prep for these questions, right? Yep. No, no, no. I did not. Okay. This is just off the top of the head. So the number one growth area in a hospital is interventional imaging and diagnostics. Okay. Meaning arterial heart disease. Yep. The number one issue as a culture, it's not just Americans, culture at large, wellness and lifestyle is diet. So now when you look at all the other topic points that are going on, it's mindset and, and wellness, mindset and wellness. The middle there is how do you fix it, quote unquote, fix it. And you have an interventional process with a major radiographic image machine, (laughs) right? So people have heart attacks, blocked arteries, and it's all from the food source. So now go back to Sean Baker for a second. This is where it all comes full circle, where it's like, it's just pitching in the face. You're like, holy shit. And it's like, uh, and then you're like, oh, and then it goes, yeah. And then then it clicks. But the number one cause for blocked arteries or just plaque buildup is because of all the seed oils. You know, when us, yep. our body was never intended to absorb all that and to, and to try to use it for fuel. So it builds up. Your body says, up, oh, not needed, store. Up, oh, not needed, store. And then that storage, just like any other storage facility that we would use to put a couch in or um, you know, outdoor uh, equipment or furniture, it builds up. And then all of a sudden you lose space. And then what happens? You have you know, uh, arterial fibrillation, you have a heart attack. So now they're getting all those seed oils that are rancid in their, the main binders and ingredients in synthetic meat. So the natural oils that we're able to process that our body was designed around over those millions of years. And now you go and you interject because it's, you know, economically more feasible and we can feed more people. Yeah. And you put all that together, you go, huh? So what's going to be the continuation of the number one growth area or revenue producing in the hospital imaging, because there's going to be all they're doing is taking away food, nutrition that we know how to use. Our body just knows how to metabolize it. Yep. Something that's grown And the scary part is about that is a sailor the cellular um, Petri dish meat that they're growing. If you look at it, and it's, it's crazy, yeah. right? So now crazy. you have soy oil, uh, coconut oil, coconut oil is not that bad. And then you have the corn oils and those oils, for example, could be, I call Benazadi, good friend of mine. He runs keto camp, mm-hmm. uh, which is the ketosis focused. And I'm like, Hey, what about, what about? And he was like, yeah, he goes, Scott, it's actually not so much the, uh, the oils like coconut oil, for example, but it's the extraction yep. process. Yeah. And it's like, wow, because they were, those, they were never intended to be used or developed. The purity out. like avocado oil, coconut oil, some of them, if you're getting it from the right source are good for you. But like you talk about they, all of the other oils that you're seeing, the seed oils have been stripped of everything. Yeah. And they're just there. And, and that's what I mean. So when I go back to like our development, this is, I know this is a conversation about, about content development and moving around. That's how I got where I was because I wasn't satisfied with the information I was gathering back Mm -hmm. from the doctors that I had on my own show. I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. What about, and then you fill in the gap. 
And then we develop the content and I'm leaving my own show. Like, oh my gosh, I just learned an encyclopedia worth of information. Yeah. And then I'm adjusting my diet or my lifestyle to that. And then I, I keep navigating and moving around. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, we have what we have. And we've gotten some great compliments in the show where um, there, you know, no one's as deep dove into that or that great job on doing that, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Me personally, I go, thank you. We keep moving forward because I don't really want to even come close to focus on the ego. That's a whole other topic on the mindset yeah. stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? yeah. So that, that's really how, in a nutshell, this is probably more details. Oh, and then I got to give credit to my wife, Michelle, but how she organizes everything and puts it all together. Uh, here is our synergy is I'm just like, just do it. Like if I was in a plane about to jump, I probably wouldn't check if my parachute was on tight. I just want to jump and yeah. go. Yeah. I'm like, just go. Michelle would probably look down, make sure all the details are there and then have the experience of a life because she'd all checked it all out. Me, I'm like, I will figure it out as we go. If something wasn't loose or something. Yeah. That's really how we roll. And, but yeah. that's the, the ebb and flow of our relationship. And that's the best way I, when I think about it, how I can describe it as well. Well, and that's, yeah. And, and that's Kelly and I are wired very differently. And that's, what's been fun to see in the kind of evolution of her journey and our journey in terms of content creation, all of that stuff is she, she really has become the kind of the wealth of knowledge in an area that kind of, I kind of started the initial conversation around and then we started talking about kind of how we scale it. And then she just went like full force into like learning about it, researching about it. And now even when we look to like, how do we start growing other channels? How do we start involving video more? Cause we do a ton, ton of video, but it's mainly LinkedIn focused, the one to two minute range yep. kind of tips and tricks and FAQs kind of stuff. But like what you're doing, like how do we do, like how do we get into podcasting with video? So we have a ton of content. Cause it, to me, it's all about, uh, creating really good content and then spending most of your time on the distribution of that content, like slicing it up and leveraging yeah, yeah. and distributing it the right way and repurposing it and and actually getting stuff getting something out of it. But that's what's been really cool is how she approaches it is different than me and how she learns about it is different than me. So she's really she's kind of the front runner on it as far as teaching me. So I'm always kind of but I'm really good at putting it kind of into practice and taking what her ideas are and thinking really outside of the box on the way that we can leverage it. And that's what's been a lot of fun because we how far we've come because of how we approach things differently and think of things differently. And that's I agree with you. That's it's good to have somebody that balances you out, um, especially yeah. when you're trying to do stuff like this. Yeah, don't know. Well, that's what we talked about too. And you and I spoke last week about like our contrast and stuff like that. Like, what are you all good at? What do I not want to do? What are you really good at? And what do you want to do? And that's where the alignments come. And my largest frustration in the healthcare community, and it's not just focused at, you know, quote unquote hospitals, right? Or healthcare in relationship to healthcare systems. Nobody's talking. So, what I mentioned a minute ago about even what we were doing on our podcast is like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, we're getting one topic point, killing it as far as all the, getting all the extracting as much information, building a narrative, telling a story. Yeah. So people are leaving learning and I'm like, okay, but now what if we coupled that with something else? And what if we tied it all together? Because I'm frustrated that 
I have doctors that don't talk. Yeah. I'm frustrated that I have clinical practitioners and they can be homeopathic what, that don't talk. And when you're trying, it's about you, then you're finding yourself, you're the one who's trying to piece it all together. Hey, well, can we make a phone call together? So what if we did that here? What if we did that in a way, in a form that we can say, yeah, what I've found out in this is going to be a, a kind of like a, a, a sharp blade to some of the physicians that we all know. If you have a healthy lifestyle, you're exercising, and I would really say you practice meditation or some form of mental acuity, there's really no need for them to, to a certain degree, unless it's a born ailment or this heavy metal toxicity or something like that. Um, and that's what's really hard because they just spent, I don't know, let's say 15, 18 years, medical school, residency, they have a million dollars in debt. We, Brent Lacey explained that to us or close to it. Yeah. And now they have to pay that off. And here, I don't have their education. And I'm like, yeah, if you do these things instead, you really don't need a doctor. They probably don't like that. Uh, but the truth is you don't. But the reality is that's what everyone's really looking for. So yeah. where's the happy medium in between there? So my point of view is, is not to you know, those people who are studying the medical system as it exists today are really bright, intelligent people. Just like anyone who may have lost a job or needs to pivot professionally, pivot professionally. So you can deliver what the people are actually really looking for. Because right now, healthcare is equivalent to one word, payment. Yeah, it is. End of story. Yeah. And that's, and that's to the detriment of everyone that's involved in the healthcare process. It really is, uh, especially both the physicians and the patients, both of them. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we have a physician that does a ton of content creation, a close friend. He like, it was at Kelly and I's wedding. Uh, and that's a big, a big thing that he really pushes on is I think there's two interesting things with him is he's so niche in the immunodeficiency and autoimmune and infectious disease world. And there's such a large audience there, like people that are dealing with CVID and lupus, and they want a physician that's, that's an ambassador for them. And that's telling their story and that's thinking outside of the box to diagnose them and to treat them and trying to push the boundary constantly. And that's one thing he pushes hard at is in the medical school ecosystem, it really has yet to evolve much. And when you look at what the patient looks like today, they're living longer than ever um, because of either lifestyle or pharmaceuticals or whatever it is with a lot of different comorbidities at play. So right. it's like they really are teaching you linear things like this is what the textbook says and this is how you treat it. But he's like, if I did that, I would have killed like 10% of my patients by now because they're walking through the door with like, like severe type 2 diabetes, uh, poor lifestyle habits and diet but they've also got lupus and they have sleep apnea and they have like two or three other things. Like if I throw lupus medication at them, it, they may not wake up when they go to sleep. And it's like, it's right. things like that that you have to take into consideration. Like it's, you've got to attack it at way more than one angle uh, to do and right. That's the thing that I found when you have these practitioners, when they're looking at their medical disease book, <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Uh, 90%, over 90% of the conditions or the combination of a few conditions together, they're not in the book. They don't even know how to do it. Yeah. They really are aligned with what payment system that it is. So if you have somebody who has sleep apnea, lupus, and everything else, the first thing is inflammation. How do you control the inflammation? You can yep. control that inflammation. You'll have 50% reduction in all of it out of the gate. Yep. 
We still have it probably, but you'll have at least 50% reduction. And the one thing I really have found out that was pretty shocking to me, because we did an episode on this one too, which was, I was like, wow, is the cannabinoids and hemp and all those natural medicinal plant-based medicinal medicines that we used to have access to. Now they're considered, you know, level one or stage two, you know, I'm drawing a blank to the word, um, drugs, yep. you know, like street illegal drugs. And I'm like, no, man, I'm like, that's, that's not okay. And why, how come? But as soon as THC and hemp was able to be split, guess what? It became approved because you could monetize it. Yeah. Kind of curious. Don't you think? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. That whole, that whole thing goes like all the way back to like World War II, for sure. It's a, oh, a yeah. whole mess. Yeah. We did the whole thing. So when you look at uh, the 1940s and then you work your way up to the early 70s, and when, let's just talk about LSD for a minute or psychedelics, mm-hmm. right? All that stuff leading up to that point was, I mean, no one really knew, right? Now, actually, let's go deeper than that. Dr. Cowan, I didn't know this research. He presented it to me on the show he was on, but he was like, there was no arterial heart disease in the 1920s. It just didn't exist. Interesting. And we ate fat, lard, animal products like every day, and people were living long, healthy lives. Mm-hmm. That was it. And the one thing, too, I learned from that conversation is what is really is our lives are continuing on through the benefit of some drug therapies, yeah. um, but what a tie to your wallet. Sometimes it's okay to expire. Like if it's time to go and you lived a good life, it's time to go. It's oh, yeah. okay. And I, even, I mean, you see the statistics now that are like, almost scary about how do you plan for retirement? It's like, well, you need to factor in like 300 K just on your healthcare (laughs) just to get to the finish line, wherever that finish line is. And it's just crazy. It's like, well, you need to plan that like half of your retirement money is going to go toward healthcare. Right. And who wants to do that? No one wants to do that. And then, so go and move fast forward and you bring it to uh, the sixties when psychedelics were coming up in LSD. And then all of a sudden, now that the resurgence on that market space, and I call it a market space because that's what they're trying to do, is trying to say, how can we push a mushroom therapy or a plant-based medicine therapy where people can live long, healthy? And my personal opinion on this is this, is the benzoid market, and I'm going everywhere because I'm like, holy shit, we had this conversation, we had that conversation all mm-hmm. over the place. But the benzoid market with Xanax, for example, yeah. is it's extremely extremely high addiction rate oh, yeah. to that drug. Yeah. What we talked about before, I believe, but only a 33% acceptance rate. So now you have something where people are in dire need. There's way more mental illness, quote unquote, mental illness due to COVID. And then all of a sudden you have a natural plant-based medicine that's proven to work. That's now being studied at Duke, John Hopkins, and everywhere else. I think the pharma- pharmaceutical companies are saying, we messed up so bad that if we don't do something, we're going to have an event like called I am legend, which was in Hollywood, by the way. Yeah. 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 They're the reason why they call it the walking dead, by the way, because people are walking around like zombies because of all yep. these medications Yeah, and just sure. chewing that for a minute and be like, is that really true? And it's like, absolutely. It's true. It's crazy. And what? that's why to, to your point that you brought up a little bit ago about physicians not speaking up. I think that's what a lot of patients are. And what we preach a lot about is kind of the the shift in the consumerization part of healthcare and on the patient end of that journey, they're really, really hungry. I think the whole patient ecosystem is really hungry to learn from physicians that are kind of thinking outside of the box and really focusing on kind of homeostasis and, and, and inflammation reduction and, and how we get patients coming back into the office less, not more. And Mm -hmm. 
the ones that are in each of those specialties that if they start talking about it, I think they'll be like really surprised at how many people are out there willing to listen to the story that they have to tell and how they approach medicine and everything. And so that's what I'm always even pushing on our doctors, like just get out and start talking because there's so many patients that are out. There's an audience for everybody, no matter how mm-hmm. specific, like at 11 today, we've got one of our clients coming on that does um, peripheral nerve surgery and piriformis surgery. And he's like, you'd be so surprised at how many surgeries are going on, like knee replacements and back surgeries. It's just like, well, you fit X, Y, and Z model of needing a knee replacement. So let's do it. Mm. It's like, but it's actually Mm. nerve damage related. So like in a year, it's just all going to come flooding back. Yeah, I would challenge that. And I'd say, do you have a check the meridian system? Do you know what the meridian, excuse me, meridian system is? And go, how does it interact with the dermatomes? What's going on? What's the correlation? So if you have, for example, plantar fasciitis, What's happening in the palm of your hand? You know the direct correlation between those two. And that's what I mean is they're going, nope, it's this. Have they ruled out everything else? The answer is almost, I'm not there. I don't know, but probably almost no. So unless they've ruled out everything else, why would someone be willing to say yes? And this is my conflict. This will be your conflict eventually is because I'm still a patient consumer. You're still a patient consumer. And when you go and you challenge our physicians, our best and brightest in healthcare, right? And you're saying, what have you looked at? And they say, no, it's like, well, why not? Or could you, or could you educate yourself on that? Well, (laughs) it's like, no, stop. There are systems that have been out there. So here's the question I ask a lot and people get really frustrated with this question. And it's kind of like a, a kick in the butt, but for eons, okay. We used to be hunter gatherers. Yeah, which means sure. that we were chasing the biggest, baddest animals on the planet to survive. I, I, again, I don't know. I wasn't there, but what has been at least recorded as why our brains had developed the way they did because we were able to eat meat. Okay? Now, if you're running after a tiger or a lion or something that is like an, or an animal that's stronger than you, okay, you have to be, you're probably going to get hurt. There's probably something that's going to go on. And Think about the terrain that people are running on, okay? Because these these animals are out grazing or doing what they're going to do. Uh, who knows what kind of tools or weapons that they were using for for the kill? Do you think there was ACL tears, meniscal tears, sprained ankles, shoulder injuries? The answer is absolutely yes. But guess what? They were able to heal themselves. And how were they able to do that? Because they had their medicine people that knew the meridian system, the neurological system, and they were able to get rest, use nutrition, and then with their therapies and people would heal. And I mentioned that almost in the same light with urine therapy. It's kind of, in a way, it's people, ooh, it's, it's, it's a waste product. What if it healed? What if it had a lot of properties that healed your skin? Would you use it? What if you had cancer and you were given three months and you got the, there's nothing left to do, would you try it then? And those are the types of questions that we should be asking and looking for. And that's what really excites me all the time about not doing anything about just participating in this conversation. Cause it's like healthcare is this. No, it's not. That's what someone told us. So if we went out and we asked anybody what's healthcare healthcare in, we learned that in school. That's, that's interesting. Schools also teaching us how to become workers, not thinkers. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So you keep going down that road and all of a sudden you're like, huh, it kind of makes sense. And then from there, you just build on it. Yeah, for sure. It's cool stuff. 
Yeah. So how, how do you usually go about um, connecting uh, with potential guests? Like a lot of the people that you bring on, cause you bring a lot of interesting people on. So what does that, what does that journey usually look like? Yeah. So you know, it's good. Thank you for keeping on that point. Cause I remember I was going there with, with well, let's go back to Brent and Brian again. So there yep. was questions that I wanted to get answers to. So I was, I remember asking Brian, for example, what about the blood type diet? He thinks I don't really know about much and his defense. He doesn't know that much about it because it was never taught to him in school. And he was hyper-focused on GI, helping people with colorectal cancer survive and doing his part, right? So I said, let's go out there and let's go find out what it is. And so we, we, we deep dove into that topic point. So what yeah. I'll do to get specific into the question is I'll say, what questions do I have? Because I'm a patient consumer. And then I'll, I'll pick up, hey, that would be a cool conversation. Like we want to bring on someone who actually not wants, we're going to be published them soon about medical bankruptcy. Number Medical bankruptcy is the number one form of bankruptcy yeah. in this country today. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there saying, no one wants to talk about it, but when you break it down, and this is what's really banged out, is it's, I, I just don't get it, that one, well, it's actually in line with college tuition too, by the way, <laughs> but medical bankruptcy is the number one form of bankruptcy in the United States. And number two is college, but you can't be relieved from your college debt. Uh, well, ever. It, maybe not. <laughs> ever, right? Yeah. So unless, and so it becomes free, right? For everybody, but then yeah, our taxes yeah. go to the roof. Yeah. So my we point is that with exactly. there, <laughs> right, I go back to the questions that people are not asking and I, I will ponder a lot on that. What about, what about, or I'll use information that wasn't answered from a past guest and do that. So we had a, a gentleman who came on, we didn't publish him. I'm not going to use his name, but he was talking about this one particular topic point. And uh, he had wrote a book and I said, okay, that's great. And I was really interested in the topic. I was like, this would be really cool because no one's talking about this. Well, when I asked him all the questions, it was, well, I really don't know. I ever haven't heard about that. Well, I haven't really heard about that. I really don't know. And everything was hyper-focused on redirecting everyone toward the book. Yeah. So leaving the, <laughs> the interview and the podcast, I went back. Michelle always asked me, she goes, how was the podcast? I said, I'm hoping the magic maker can do something with this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it right away. So we go, uh, I, she listened to it and she goes, you're right. It's dead to me. It's scrapped. Yeah. And I said, it was actually really, she goes, Scott, he wouldn't answer any questions at all. And if you, I would rather hear, I don't know versus, Hmm. And, and keep going in a circle because realistically our conversation was over in three minutes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good so, point. So the questions that come up again, the simple stuff is just, we, I, I'm asking myself and I'm asking other people to, in the audience, we always ask in the intros, what do you want to hear? Or if we get uh, feedback from folks, hey, what questions didn't I ask in there? What would you have asked if you were sitting in my seat? And that helps me a tremendous amount. So I really listen to what our audience is telling us uh, and what we're getting contribution back from friends or even if someone's like, yeah, I'm all in, but what about this? Yeah. Just keep picking up on it. You yeah, know? for sure. The I don't know is so powerful. Yeah. And I think finding a balance, I mean, staying on kind of a topical vein, but also being willing to kind of explore out like a lot of times to try to kind of like, what can we get from a marketing standpoint out of the backstory? But it's also about the story too. I think that that listeners mm -hmm. find uh, really interesting is, is um kind of 50-50 is 
what are you doing? How does that story? And then how are you going about marketing it that may be out of the box or, or, or different from an approach perspective? Yeah. And the, the one thing too, that I always ask is how can we, just like when you and I spoke last week, like how, how can we help each other? Yep. And I find that when you go out and you lead with that intent, then your, your volume and because people will see this and they're going to go, damn, look at that dynamic. These two are just going back and forth. There's no agenda. They're just talking, right? What are you going to get from it? You're going to find out, okay, on the marketing side here, what are you doing? How come everything else in between other people are learning from me that, Hey, this guy is not hell bent on one solution. He's open to different suggestions. So what are people looking for today? Which is really cool. If you think about it is they're looking how to promote themselves, yep. you, and they're looking how to live better. Me. Yep. For sure. That's and, it. Yep. And that, and what we can learn from each other kind of to meet in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, if you remember McChrystal, when he was talking about, he goes, if the government was willing to share information, they would be that much more powerful. And that's where a lot of content creators get all like, oh no, this is like, they, you think it's proprietary. You don't think someone a million years ago or a hundred years ago thought of the same thing you were thinking of. Yeah. My God, spare me. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, get over the ego stuff and just get out there and align yourself with people that you trust. That's the bigger question. It's not about, is your stuff that specific? There's so many people in this world that need help. And for us to think like, no, I'm not going to share that. That's rude. One. Uh, but two, the bigger question is who can I trust to work with where we can help get this information out to those who need it the most? Sure. Yeah. And I think that's the huge key. And that's been, I think we've seen growth come with following that path is the more that we share, uh, the more we give insights to what we're doing, the more we can yeah. show people behind the curtain, the more people become loyal listeners, loyal and enge- loyal engagers, loyal followers. Um, it all kind of correlates to that is the more that we're willing to share as much value mm-hmm. as possible because there's always two sides of the coin. Like even like for us in the kind of agency ecosystem and like looking for partners out there that want to grow, there's more power to you if you want to do it yourself because I've been on that journey as an entrepreneur too of wanting to do it myself and, and then learning either the hard way or learning how to do it what I feel is better than somebody that I could have hired for it. Yeah. Also learning the hard way like Maybe I'm not a good CFO. Maybe I need to go find a CFO. You know what I mean? Like those kind of things that you you learn. You try to do it yourself and then you learn the hard way. But mm-hmm. it's also like if you want to take like the content that I have to share and all the secrets that I have to share about how we approach it because there's a there's literally like I think 500,000 agencies or something like that. Like mm-hmm. how we approach SEO, there's probably 50,000 agencies that do it similarly. But... How we approach it, how we build partnerships, how we pride ourselves on the the medical expertise and the medical knowledge and the experience that we have is really the key differentiators and difference maker. And so if you want to take what we have, take our secrets and resources and do it yourself, more power to you. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to be able to put something back in the bucket, so to speak, of the healthcare marketing and the health community. And hopefully through that, help improve patient care too and get more patients that are looking for good physicians in the same room with each other. But for me, it also on the, uh, there's a direct correlation between the more we share, the more we try to help, the more content that we put out there, the more of the ideal type of client that we end up finding too. Yeah. So it always works. I, out. I, I'm coming down to two questions a lot more with what you're talking about is one is, is this coming from the higher self or the lowest self? Yeah. And what's my overall feeling about it? Uh, most people call that you got, you got intuition. And 
we had a guy who wanted to come on the show, a doctor, and he was selling uh, this one product. And I always ask everyone for a demo that I always would gladly uh, either keep or return. If they want to let me yeah. have it, well, sure, we'll keep it. But if they want it back, we'll send it back. No, no big deal. I just want to try it because it's like, remember the old episode in the Brady Bunch where Mrs. Brady had to try the laundry detergent for a commercial, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. right? Right. Like, well, yep. how can you how can you sell that without really testing it out? So yeah, I, sure. I have gone back in my childhood. And I was, you know, something. Mrs. Brady talked about that. It's kind of a random odd thought, but it's true to today. Yep. So if I can't try something and give my feedback, then how authentic am I really being? So he wrote me back. Well, you know, you know, I'd have to charge you this, this, and this. I didn't even ask. He didn't even ask the question. Hey, were you intending on uh, keeping it, or did you want to send it back? Yeah. He just yep. went right to the sale. And I said, hey, thanks for your time. I appreciate you. Good luck. Yep. I was done because my feeling right away with was it wasn't going to be a genuine, open, transparent relationship. And the old Scott, I would have been, yeah, you know, let's do it, do it, do it. Today, I'm like, I don't need that. There's other systems sure. that are out there. Then you it, know? Yeah, it's, it's a very one-sided conversation. Like it's backlink building and it's promotion. Like that's purely what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I'm, again... I'll do that for free. <laughs> yeah. I don't care because people are going to see as much of the stuff that I do for free that I'm also building my brand at the same time. For sure. I'm okay with that. That's yeah. okay. I mean, I consider my podcast, our FPO, our free product offering. People are learning a ton of stuff. They're learning a different side, not of healthcare, of wellness and health and lifestyle and just situations. And I'm like, okay. That's cool. Do we make mistakes? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. We all do. Who cares? Yeah. That, and if you come out of it with no judgment, no conclusions, everyone ends up being fine. For sure. And that's, I, I, I feel the same exact way about our podcast and what we're trying to do with it. And the content that's in there is like most of the stuff we're doing in terms of the, uh, as an agency and our approach to like practice growth and all of that, it's right in there. Like if you go back and you listen to all of our episodes, it's, it's right in there. Our, our right. process, how we approach things, how we track things, uh, literal case studies, like all of this stuff, like it's all in there. So there's nothing, there's nothing that we're keeping secret, like behind the curtain, like a special sauce about how we approach things. It's just about, right. it's, I mean, it's just about going out and, and, and building strong relationships and, and doing right by people. Yeah. It's a trust stuff. I do. I know you have to go. You have a five uh, minute marker. So yep. did you want to end up on something? I'm going to ask you. So what have you learned from our conversation today? Uh, several different things. I think one of the big things is what I've learned is kind of the way that you're approaching the conversations uh, over your podcast. I think you're getting an enormous amount of value topically. And I like that, like really being doing a lot of research behind it and then asking really pointed questions that are not that pointed. It's just like, I want to know the truth behind this stuff and how well you've thought through it. And I think that, that that's one of the major things that while we were talking today that stood out about how much you've even learned through all of your podcasts because of how engaged you've gotten through the process with the guests that yeah. are coming on and asking really pointed questions and then taking that and correlating it with another topic with another guest that you have on, have on has been really interesting because that's... It's being deliberate, but also being letting the kind of content pathway present itself a little bit while being mm -hmm. deliberate about how you're shaping it. So I think that that's been the big, the big thing. One of the big takeaways from today's conversation is I think that there's even more that we can get a lot more that we can get out of um, 
the the interviews, the questions that we're asking, and then how we're kind of uh, adapting that for future content. Yeah. One of the, I think, well, I don't think one of the most insightful questions that I ask is how did you become so educated? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you paying attention to? I learned so much from that answer from these folks that are on the show because, uh, because I'm telling you like Sean Baker, for example, yesterday I left that. And at the end of the show, usually we have a little like a a post podcast, um, just ramble and talk. And I was like, you are absolutely brilliant. I was like, my gosh, like, how did you learn all that information? And he came back with an exceptional answer. He says, I was being attacked. So I had to learn how to justify it, one, and how to prove it, and then why it's okay. And why it's really not because it was out of the box that he only eats meat. And everyone's like, oh, you're going to get heart disease, heart disease, heart disease. Because that's what we were told. But who told us that and why? And I was like, yeah. And it just clicks. It makes sense. So that question alone, which is why I asked you, what did you learn yep. from today? You know, and that's and then I'll ask you that is, and it, it, again, being in kind of the marketing vein with the kind of the focus of the show. But what are you doing, reading, kind of consuming right now to make yourself a better marketer to to build your whether it's your brand or whatever you connect with more people? What are you you finding right now that's kind of mm. self investment? I would say that the continuation of, I don't really necessarily like the word like self, self-improvement, yep. uh, but people will identify with that, but finding my true authentic self, yeah, finding where I may have one foot in the mud where my other foot's trying to keep going. Yep. And then if I'm not having fun, I mean, true, like engaging, creative yeah. fun. Yep. Everyone loves to have fun. And when they think of fun, they think of playing or, uh, or maybe boating or doing a recreational thing. I love the grind, but this emotion of creation for me and having fun doing that applies to everything. So for the sure. other day, the other night, oh, we were with our girls and there's, there's four different dynamics. <laughs> so, and one of them, I know I'm like, Hey, want to jump out of a plane? She goes, absolutely. <laughs> Conversation was over. Right? Yep. That was it. And that's where my, my spirit is uh, right now. And that's where I know where it needs to be. And from there, I just, I always have trust, faith, and grace on top of that. Yep. And that's it. So what I'm learning is all my conversations. I'm, I'm blessed to have all the conversations with the people that I do. And there's friends who are listening, giving feedback. And I just listen. Yeah. And that's but now on top of that, the technical stuff that I'm reading is uh, uh, very much into neuro-linguistic programming. I got into yep. that a few months back. Very, very, I would, I would tell anyone to get into that program. It will, it will be dramatic. When you combine these three things, and can you imagine a world? And when you listen to these, you know what NLP is, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when you combine these three things together, imagine how the world would be thereafter. So you mix NLP with nonviolent communication, which is the book, and then instant influence, which is another book, and how you can just openly talk and not persuade people, but get information out of people that they may want to hold on to and just let them know that it's okay to talk about it. Yep. It, that's where it stops me right there. I read all three of them. It's constant practice for me to get into that mode to say, okay, uh, is this of the higher self or this of the lower self? And in the feelings. In the gut, which is, of course, the guts right in the middle of that. Where are you with the whole thing? Yeah, that's it. Well, interesting. Well, that's I think that's that's great. And 
Um, I think at the core of, of, of good marketing too, is, is knowing, knowing yourself and investing yourself, but also being able to, to be willing to listen to, to good feedback and put it into practice. Well, Scott, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your wealth and knowledge and giving us some insight into what your process looks like, but also just what you're trying to do to kind of um, better the health community overall, as well as help people kind of be healthier uh, in the process. So I really appreciate it. I always, I always learn a lot about kind of what you're doing and, and I'm um, glad that we have got, been able to get to know each other and, and uh, do some networking and look forward to creating more content with you. This is just the beginning, dude. You yeah, know that. For sure. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. And uh, have a good rest of your week and we will see each other again soon on video or over podcasts. Very good. Be good, Justin. See everybody. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's latest episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, or you can sign up to receive the latest episode via email. Just check it out on my agency website or my personal website. And if you are looking for more amazing healthcare marketing information or just to engage, check us out at entropy.com. And for any of my amazing physician liaisons out there interested in growing their physician referrals or learning the strategies that it takes to build highly engaged physician referral networks. Check out my website, kellynot.com, where I have free webinars, free downloads, and of course, my online physician liaison training course, Physician Liaison University. And as always, I'm a huge believer in connecting, engaging, and supporting one another. And the best way we can do that is networking. And I always, always connect with you guys on social media. And one of my biggest social media platforms is LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter at Kelly Knott. And thank you guys again for listening to the Patient Convert Podcast with your host, Kelly Knott.